ladies and gentlemen. Hope you all have had a great week. Welcome back. I found a new website where you can read screenplays or download screenplays. And I kind of found it by accident. Type these letters into your browser. IMSDB.com. So Internet Movie Script Database. Internet Movie Script Database. Now, I know you guys are familiar with IMDB, the Internet Movie Database. So just add the S for script. Lots of scripts there for you to read. You know, if you want to write a script, the best advice I can give you is to read as many scripts as you can. So you can get your head around the format because the script has to be formatted a certain way. And if you're not familiar with the format, it, it kind of can get a little confusing. There is a resource, you know, you can go online and just punch in script formatting, screenplay format, whatever. You'll get an answer to any question that you would have about formatting. There is a guy, he, he goes by Dr. Format, and his name is David Trottier, T-R-O-T-T-I-E-R. And he writes books, and he gives you examples of format errors and examples of the proper way to format. And everything you would ever imagine, any question that you would imagine asking about format, this guy has, has answered. You can jump on Amazon and get the book. I highly recommend you have the book because while you're typing, while you're writing your screenplay, you can have that book out in front of you. Or, you know, I'm not sure if there's an online version. Probably certain there is, but, you know, I'm old school. I like to have the book in my lap. If I come to a problem and I'm not quite sure how to format it, how to make it look proper on the page, then I'll just skim through it while it's on my lap instead of bumping back and forth between websites. But that's just me. So yeah, try your best to read as many screenplays. And you know, you can probably find the screenplay for your favorite movie. And the amazing thing is you're going to find screenplays where the screenplay is different from the movie. So, you know, changes were made. The screenplay was bought and it, it told a story in a certain way. And when it came time to shoot or when it came time to edit, possibly there were problems. So they had to deviate from the script a little bit. For the hike, we were lucky that uh, we pretty much followed the script to a T. Um, I did have the first, the very first scene we didn't shoot because we ran out of time. You know, our 18 days were up in the blink of an eye. And it would have been a company move because it, it had to have a, a really distinctive, different look from where we were at. We just ran out of time, couldn't do it. But the movie does not suffer because the first scene is not in there. Basically, the first scene introduces you to the bad guy first. There has been, there was and there has been debate on would the movie have been better or would the movie have been worse if we would have added that first scene. And I, I always like showing the bad guy first because then the audience knows who the bad guy is. So the bad guy can kind of be dropped into a scene with your lead characters and your lead characters don't know that this person is the bad guy, but the audience does. See, I, I kind of like that. But I've talked to a lot of people who do not like that, that they they kind of like being an audience member. And when the bad guy shows up, I know he's the bad guy, but the audience doesn't know he's the bad guy. So there's suspicion and there's interest and there's curiosity. And then you come to find out that, yeah, this guy who showed up is the bad guy. But when he first comes on, you don't know. So I kind of like introducing the bad guy first, but that's just me. <laughs> All I'm saying is it worked for Die Hard. Right? I mean, that, that was what was really great about Die Hard. 
we meet Hans Gruber, Gruber, before McLean does. So then when McLean and Gruber are together and Rickman starts using that American accent, that's an amazing scene because we know Hans Gruber's the bad guy, the terrorist. McLean doesn't. It can work. It does make me want to cry that I didn't add that scene. I didn't have time to put that scene in front of the hike. But uh, <laughs> uh, it was a pretty raunchy scene. Let's just put it it, it makes the rest of the movie... That first scene actually makes the rest of the movie look like a Disney movie. <laughs> uh, and if you've seen the movie, you know what I'm talking about. By those standards, I'm kind of glad we didn't shoot it because that may have been too much for people. I mean, the language in the movie is bad enough, but the very first scene that I wrote in the script, um, it's, it's pretty brutal. Kind of sets the tone. And it was probably over the top. So on one hand, I'm really glad that we didn't shoot it. But in the gut of my being and my soul, I wish we would have done it. Just for shits and giggles. <laughs> All right. So uh, let's continue talking about dialogue. And you'll probably notice that writer's block will tend to happen when you're trying to punch out dialogue. For some people, that doesn't happen. If you are in touch with your characters, if you know your characters inside out, maybe you're basing a character on you. Those are the easy ones to write because you can just put yourself in the place of the character and just write how you would react to someone asking you a question or someone blurting out some kind of a statement. So, you know, it's probably going to work out one of two ways. Either you're going to sit down and you're going to punch in your interior, exterior day, Dave's office. And then you're going to start typing in some action, some description. And we will get to these things later. The scene heading and then the action description. Because there are little tricks that you can do that'll make your script even better than it's going to be if, if you didn't know these tips and tricks. But anyway, you punch in interior, day, Dave's office. And then you start to type in some action, description. And there's going to be a couple of characters in this scene. So you have to figure out, you know, who's going to talk first, what are they going to say, and then the other character is going to respond. And you know, if the muse strikes, and like I said earlier, you know, if, if you're really in touch with these characters, man, dialogue is going to be easy breezy for you because these characters are going to start talking to each other and they're just going to go on and on and on. And that's a good problem to have. Don't worry about it. Don't stop it. I don't care, you know, if this if this scene was supposed to be like two or three pages and you're just bumping away, just type, 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 type all this dialogue and you look and suddenly it's like 10 pages long. Don't worry about it. That's what rewriting is for. You can go in and rewrite and throw out all the fat, cut the fat. But man, when it's when the muse is there, don't push back on the muse. Just let the muse take you and just write that dialogue. I don't give a shit how. Oh, there's another S word. Damn, it's my first one of the year, I believe. I don't give a shit if you type 10 pages of dialogue for one scene. Take advantage of it, man, because I would much rather have that problem than looking at the screen, seeing a character name, and not knowing what this character's going to say or do. I would much rather, much rather have the previous problem of writing too much dialogue. Okay, so... If you're lucky enough that that happens to you, do not edit yourself. Just keep rolling. Don't edit yourself until you're done with the script and then go back in and edit. Just love that moment. 
Now the other option is you're going to type in the scene heading, interior Dave's office, punch in the character name Dave, and you're just going to stare at it. What the fuck? Oh, man. All right, so if this happens to you, all you have to do is ask yourself some questions, and you can probably take care of this writer's block. Perhaps you're not quite in touch with these characters like you should be. So maybe you need a little more character development in your head. You know, you have to know these characters inside out for them to speak. You have to know their intentions. And if you don't, it's going to be hard to write dialogue coming out of their pie hole. So maybe you need to learn a little bit more about your characters, give your characters a little more personality, a little more depth. Okay. But if it's not that, then ask yourself some questions. The first question you have to ask yourself is what is the objective in this scene? Now, I think this is the most important question because the objective of this scene, not the character's objective, the objective of the scene in the entire story. So this scene has got to support your story. And we've talked about this in the past. Don't write a scene if it doesn't support your story, if it doesn't move the story forward, if it doesn't give information for the audience to use, then the scene shouldn't be there. It's got to move the story forward. I don't care, you know, you can be the next Kevin Smith or Quentin Tarantino. You know, those guys, or Aaron Sorkin, those guys are great when it comes to dialogue. And you can have the, the most clever dialogue for this scene ever written. But if the scene doesn't move the story forward or support the story, then it's a waste. You can't use it. So you're going to have to end up cutting it. The next question to ask yourself is how do you intend to end the scene? How's the scene going to end? Is it going to end on a positive note or on a negative note? Now, this is especially in, if you remember act two, remember the green light, red light, green light, red light thing? Plus negative, plus negative, positive, negative, positive, negative. You know, is, is the lead character going to come out of this scene feeling good about his journey or feeling bad about his journey. And once again, I'm sorry if I use his or he. I don't mean to disrespect you ladies. It's just a generic word. So look at the scene you're you're sitting down to write and know where it's going. How do you want it to end? On a positive note or a negative note for your character? That can help you write the dialogue because then you know where you're going. Here's your next question. You've got a scene and you have, let's just say you have two characters. What's the objective? Now, previously it was the scene objective. This is the character's objective. What does the character want out of this meeting with this other person? Are they trying to get information? Typically, that's the answer. And look at the other character. What do they want? They don't want to give up the information. If you have two characters talking to each other in a scene, you've got to know what each one wants. And then that will help your dialogue. Your next question, what kind of attitude or what kind of mood are your characters in? Now, this kind of goes back to the know your characters before you start writing their dialogue. But in this particular scene, you know, just like you and I, every day we wake up, we feel a little different. You know, I woke up this morning. I kind of felt blah. I woke up yesterday morning and I felt energetic and ready to go. So what what kind of attitude and what kind of emotional feeling does your do your characters have in this scene? You know, th- and this goes to any character who talks because you're writing dialogue. You have to know where they're coming from as far as their feelings go at this given moment. Are they down? Are they up? Are they depressed? Are they happy? Are they worried? Are they confused? And that should help you with your dialogue. If you know the headspace your characters are in at this moment that you're writing in the screenplay. 
And another question, and you knew this one was coming, how is the scene going to begin? How do you want it to begin? Here's a cool thing to do. Next time you watch a movie, look and see how characters are introduced. Now, this doesn't have to do with dialogue. I'm just going on like a side note here. The introduction of your leads has to be spectacular. So it's always like a jaw-dropping moment when you're character is introduced. So that's something that you need to think about as well. But for a particular scene, how do you want the scene to start? Now, it kind of has to do with that positive-negative, positive-negative tennis match back and forth. If your previous scene ends with the lead character thinking that his journey is going to be a waste of time and that he is not going to be able to accomplish his goal, then that scene ended on a negative. So if the very next scene should begin on a negative, right? Unless, uh, of course, a lot of time elapses, sure. But if just a short amount of time elapses, you know, that character will probably still have that attitude. So it will be negative. So the scene will start with your character having that horrible feeling of, I, I, I I can't win this battle. My journey, I, I can't accomplish my journey. Does that make sense? Now, obviously, if time does elapse, you know, days pass, whatever, that's kind of thrown out the window. But if it's something pretty immediate, then you can always follow that. Wherever your character was the last time we saw them, that's where they should be at the beginning of the next scene that we see them. Positive, negative, positive, negative. It could be kind of jarring if you're watching a movie and there's a scene, and at the end of the scene, your character's all happy. And then the next scene, we see the character and they're sad and not much time has elapsed. Of course, there are exceptions to everything I'm saying, because we don't know what we don't see, we don't know. So maybe things happened. Maybe the character found some kind of inner strength and picked himself up off the ground and pulled on those bootstraps. But see, if that happens, we need to see that. You see what I'm saying? And one other thing that I would like to mention, if you don't, if you sit down to write dialogue and the muse is not your friend at that moment, and you're kind of floating into a writer's block, go ahead and write on-the-nose dialogue. Because at least if you write on-the-nose dialogue, you'll get started with the dialogue in the scene. And then you can go back and get rid of the -the on-the-nose stuff. But at least you'll have something to go by. Okay, so here's an example. Let's say you have two people and one character thinks the other character is cheating. They're a romantic couple and one person thinks the other person is cheating. So obviously on the nose dialogue would be, are you cheating on me? And the other character would respond on the nose, no, I'm not cheating on you. See, that's, that's on the nose because it's, it's a direct question. So the on the nose dialogue, it's where a character says exactly what they think or exactly what they feel or exactly what they mean. That's on-the-nose dialogue. So if you're stuck and you have writer's block when you're trying to write dialogue, go ahead and write on-the-nose dialogue. Don't try to be clever. Don't try to do an end-around to get to that the answer to that question that you really want to ask, but you don't want to ask it with on-the-nose. Don't worry about it. Just go ahead and write on-the-nose dialogue. Because you know as well as I do, in real life, no one, no one ever says exactly what they think or what they feel or what they mean right? And at least, you know, if if you go ahead and give your characters the -the on-the-nose dialogue, at least you'll have the scene, you'll have it written. And then in the rewriting process, the editing process, you can go back in and play with it. 
Writing on-the-nose dialogue is better than writing nothing at all and giving up and walking away and trying to come back maybe the next day. You know what I mean? And you know, please, please, please realize that what your characters say, the dialogue, is not the most important part of your script. Character development, plot, the plot structure, three-act structure, that's all the most important. Your number one goal, the dialogue has to contribute to the story, the story moving forward. Good dialogue can sometimes help sell your screenplay, and maybe sometimes great dialogue could cover up some very minimal structure problems. But I think we touched on it last episode. You you don't have to put a bunch of pressure on yourself to write great dialogue. You're not Aaron Sorkin, and you're not Kevin Smith, and you're not Quentin Tarantino. So don't put that pressure on yourself. Personally, I love learning a character inside and out, and especially a character that I can base some of myself on. And in dialogue, I can just answer and ask as myself. So if you can, you know, I said this earlier, if you can put yourself in the shoes of your character, dialogue can become very easy for that character that you're most like. Now, the challenge comes writing another character, especially another gender Sometimes that's difficult for people. If you're a woman writer, can you write the way guys talk? And if you're a male writer, do you really know women well enough that you can write how they talk and how they think? I can tell you, I've seen movies and I, I, I don't have any titles off the top of my head right away, but you know, you walk away and you're like, that woman talked like a guy or that guy talked like a woman. That could be a problem for some people, writing for the opposite sex and making it sound realistic, making it sound believable. But once again, that's something that you can take care of in rewriting. Your main objective is get your script completed. If you have to go on the nose, whatever it takes for you to not have writer's block, to get through the script, write all that on the nose dialogue or write 20 pages for a small little scene. doesn't matter. One other thing to keep in mind when you're writing dialogue, every response or every question doesn't have to be two sentences, three sentences, four sentences, a paragraph. You know, try to think about how we talk in real life. Sometimes a question is a handful of words. A response is one word. Sometimes if you have a scene with two characters, sometimes it just works so well. It's just like, it's like a song. It's just lyrical. Response, question, response, question, response, question. If they're the same length, it's almost like it's a poem going on. So try to keep the dialogue short and precise. Get into the scene, get out of the scene. Figure out what your scene objective is. Figure out what the motivation for both characters, figure out what that motivation is. And once you accomplish that, get out. And here is a little tip for any of you who want to write a script and try to sell it. Now, this is not for people like me. If you want to write a script and shoot it yourself, this tip is not for you unless you are going to get A-list actors because this tip is like a lure for A-list actors. And I think many of you have probably read about it, have heard about it. It's a monologue. If you want to attract A-list actors to your script, write one kick-ass monologue. It can be for the bad guy. It can be for the good guy. Write a monologue that will be that Academy Award-winning moment. Now, if you're not going to have A-listers, don't worry about it. I don't think the hike has an Oscar-winning monologue in it. There are some nice moments. There's some nice back and forth. 
but a monologue, a speech. Think of A Few Good Men. Think of Colonel Jessup, Jack Nicholson, and that wonderful speech written by Aaron Sorkin. That will attract A-listers. So, you know, you're, you're probably not to that point yet, but it's not too late to start thinking about it. It's never too late to start thinking about it. If you want to sell your script to a Hollywood production company, have a monologue in there that'll just blow people away. And a monologue doesn't have to be super long, like Jack's and A Few Good Men. That was pretty long. You can have three or four sentences. Just make them powerful as anything. Just the words can freaking move a mountain. Just jaw-dropping. And you can do it. If you put some thought into it, you can do it. All right, so let's wrap this bad boy up. I hope this was helpful. And uh, we will continue to talk about dialogue. I think we need to get into exposition. Exposition is, uh, is a touchy subject. It's a fine balancing act. So more than likely, we'll talk about exposition next episode. So I hope you all have a great week. Keep writing. Keep thinking about ideas. Keep reading scripts. Be a lion, not a sheep.